What's going on, everyone, and welcome into episode 59 of Expected Bets 4. On today's episode, we'll be breaking down a few key matchups for January 4th. We have a 13-game slate, so it's a little, little much to get to if we try to go through all of them. So we're going to have seven matchups today. Before we get into that, let's bring in the crew. Betsky, how we doing? Good. Had a fantastic holiday, marathon, whatever you want to call it. I mean, just nonstop seeing friends and family and... Few you been drinking too much? A f- just a few. Just, just a, few. a few. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So it, right it was up. fun yeah. though. You know, it's always a good time, but right when you come out of it, it's just like a haze. <laughs> yeah. This this week is always rough. Franco, how are we doing out there in Philly? I'm doing all right. Just getting over being uh being sick a little bit. So you know, getting through this this holiday colds, two kids and fun stuff like that. So. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, Christmas was cool with the kids and, uh, you know, back to work, back to the grind and trying to get back in it, you know, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The NHL obviously had the winter classic, which again, just, I don't know how many people really knew about that outside kind of people who follow the NHL daily, but just really no promotion. It's insane that they just continue to fail in terms of a marketing perspective. It's, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's like them and the MLB just, refuse to try to help themselves at all so and man bad. yeah the winter classics were so cool when they first came out too so cool and, and actually this was this was the first one i like really paid attention to for part of the game at least in a while <laughs> um and, and just to see the you know see the scenes in seattle and everything and having the two most recent expansion teams it was a smart smart move with some of the teams and whatnot but man the I didn't. I couldn't believe it was on at 1 p.m. Yeah, for yeah. my yeah. time, it's you know, insane. twelve. It was twelve. No, no it was twelve in Seattle. It was noon. Yeah, it's just. It's something else. It really is. Um, all right. I guess we'll get into the first game of the slate here. We have Pittsburgh uh, traveling to Boston. Here, Boston's the home favorite. Minus 160 in this one, over, under, set at six here. Boston just continues to be dominant at home. Seems like it's been a trend the past few years. 11, 2, and 3. Uh, they are coming off a loss, or uh, a win against Columbus in their last game, 4-1. to one. Uh, They're on a four-game win streak here. Kind of right at the ship after they uh, had a little downturn heading yeah. into the break. So they seem to be back on track. Pittsburgh coming off a loss to Washington. Um, but they've been solid as well. They've kind of... Re- Righted their ship as well. I know we talked about them a few weeks ago and wondering if they were going to kind of figure things out. It looks like they have seven, two, and one in their last 10 here. Interesting game here. Obviously, I think Boston kind of takes this one at home here, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts here. I'll start with you, Franco, on this one. Yeah. Um, tough loss for Pittsburgh the other day. I felt like, um, they like didn't show up for the first period and then played a pretty good game after that um they almost completed that comeback against washington yeah. so a few bad bounces in the first two a few of those yeah. goals kind of just yeah yeah it's i mean it's tough to go down for nothing like that it's just it's it's always hard to come back from so good resilience from them um i think i think you can build on that a little bit so um i, I don't know about side here uh, i i like uh boston's power play has been good recently but pittsburgh's penalty kills good so you know no no um crazy leans there um, the, t- the two things that stuck out to me was pasta goal. I mean, I feel like he's got good history against everybody. Um, two goals in his last three. Um, 
eight goals and 10 against them, plenty of shot attempts and shots on goal against them as well in the past. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be like minus 110 or something, probably ridiculous, but don't mind that. Um, and I kind of want to get creative here. I, I think you should be able to, given the matchup, be able to do a Crosby and Gensel point parlay. Um, typically they're one and a half for a point. Uh, or, you know, their, their typical prop is going to be one and a half, but I think given the matchup against Boston, you might be able to get them both at a, at a one point prop, um, parlay them and should be close to even money. Um, both have been fantastic this year. Recent form looks great as well. Um, Gensel's been having a ton of assists recently as well, too. So, um, I, I really like that a lot. I think the value is there and the history looks good as well. 14 points for Gensel in 14 games against Boston. 12 for, uh, for 14 games for Crosby. So both very productive. Um, I think that's, that's the, the way to find value here. Yeah. Betsy, any looks for you in this one? Yeah. Um, you know, what may be interesting too, if you want to kind of get some extra value out of any of your Pittsburgh props, uh, Boston's allowing like the second most penalties in the league right now or power play opportunities to their opponents. They're, Penalty kills kind of dropped. So they are, uh, 11th worst in the league. So bottom third in the league. Pittsburgh's getting fully healthy again. So Rust is finally yeah. back. Raquel's finally back. Raquel's been really sneaky on both shots really and drops. Good. Yeah. And, and he was playing up with Crosby until Rust came back. I believe he's now back with Malkin, but Malkin's always kind of been the line mate with him that he's been with uh, historically since he's gone to Pittsburgh and they have really nice chemistry and that line of Riley Smith Malkin was already kind of hot. And now if you put Raquel there, that's a nice look. Um, So I may lean into that second line too, a little bit. If you think we're going to get multiple goals from Pittsburgh. And I think that offense is starting to click. Uh, Malkin was a little bit better away this season. um, So I, I may lean onto the second line a little bit, especially if I can get Raquel point around like minus 120 or so. Yeah, you mentioned two guys that I had targeted here. So Malkin, obviously, at that two and a half shots on goal mark here. Mm-hmm. He's hitting five of his last five, and then three of his last three versus Boston as well. So some pretty good history there, as well as attempts and kind of recent form. Raquel point also four over in four of his last five, and then two of his last four versus Boston. So yep. decent history. The only look for Boston side I really have is uh, McAvoy point. He's been pretty solid as of late here, hitting in four of his last five. So those are going to be the guys I look to target in this one uh, tomorrow. But any other looks in this one? Yeah, I mean, Machard's been so bad on shots. So if, if you really want to take an under, <laughs> that may be a decent one to look at. But, of course, that's how it goes. You go that for the under finally and they hit. Crosby is another one to just stay away with on shots on goal right now. I think he, uh, yeah. I think he may have blew his load earlier this season because he was incredible for his shots prop. I mean, you could take advantage of it at 2.5 up until about mid-November, and then they switched it to 3.5, and then he just started hitting 3.5 consistently. It was incredible. But it seems now that Rust is back, Raquel's back, Gensel's been a little bit more consistent with his shots. Uh, it seems like Crosby's kind of stepped away. So that that. I'm going to be kind of fading that his shots on goal for a while. Yeah, agreed. Next game up, we have Buffalo uh, traveling to Montreal here. Montreal, the home dog, plus 110. Sabres are minus 130, which is a little bit interesting. Um, 
Sabres have struggled on the road here, 7-10-3, and uh, while Montreal has kind of struggled at home as well, 7-9-2. and Montreal has won the two previous matchups against the Sabres this season, and they just took down Dallas on Tuesday, 4-3 to to stop a three-game skid here. Buffalo is going to be their first game back from that little break here uh, after New Year's, so interesting to see how they look. They are 4-5-1 and in their last 10, but just... Kind of summing up their season, no consistency whatsoever for this team at all. You really don't know what product they're going to put on the ice. So certainly an interesting team to uh, try to bet on and even watch in general here. Franco, I'll start with you. Any looks in uh, this game? Or be a fan of. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad, man. I mean, fill, I feel fill like... in the blank. Yeah. We were kind of excited about this team, you know, and it's like it, it so just excited. seems like it hasn't worked out for for – Thompson kind of like down year, I guess you would say to start. Obviously, injuries have been a struggle, but I don't know. A bunch of the guys just haven't been what we thought they were going to be this year compared to what they were last year. So, um, he did just know. have a, I, him and his wife did have a kid, so that could be a um, oh bump here. So that's just a heads up on that, that one. Thought about yeah, that. so yeah, him and his wife did have a kid. He uh, he was out. Uh, First Boston for personal reasons, and then because um, yeah, his wife was in labor, so certainly um, <laughs> an angle, I guess, if you want to call yeah. it that. Oh yeah, it, I mean, it, it seems to always hit. It always seems to hit. I don't, I don't know what it is, you know. So I don't mind that. I guess um, five goals in eight games versus them in the last three years. So it's not like he has a bad history against them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the main thing when if you're going to go against Montreal is you want to hope it's not Montembeau in that. I feel like he's been pretty damn good. He shut yeah. down Dallas for two periods and a little extra um, last night, and then Dallas finally broke through. Um, but they were frustrated, man. I mean, yeah. Pavelski took a stupid penalty after a great opportunity where he got robbed by Montembeau. So um, they looked frustrated. They had a ton of chances, um, finally broke through. But um, – yeah, I'd be more inclined to look at Buffalo props if if it's Allen and that. We'll see, I guess. Um, obviously, dialing shots is something you're going to look at. I, I would assume you guys are probably going to yeah. continue riding him. I, I, I don't mind coming back to him. Obviously, there's probably not going to be very good value on it. I would assume it's going to be like a minus 160, minus 180 for two and a half. So um, I don't know if they bump him to three and a half yet, but. Um, somebody still got though was Skinner, man. I mean, he's got, uh, against them 17 points in nine games, nine goals, eight assists, four shots a game average against them. So, um, kind of picking up as well. Goal and assist his last uh, three games, um, and averaging almost four shots, a, uh, on goal a game. So I don't mind uh, looking at him. Um, maybe you go for two points for him or maybe split a unit between his goal and his assist prop or something like that. Um, Try to get a little value. I'm sure his point prop will be um, like minus 140, minus 150, or something like that. And then on uh, Montreal side, I, I'm I'm going to go to Caulfield. Um, I know his history is not great against uh, Buffalo, but three goals in three games. I think like, he's the type of guy. I think that when when he's hot, like you just you just ride him because he just finds spaces in the on the ice and he he just rips one. He he had a great goal against Dallas last night. Um, after being kind of silenced to start the game. So I, I don't mind that. I, th- I think Montreal is going to score some goals in this game. I don't mind the over probably. Um, and I'd probably lean Montreal, to be honest. 
Yeah. Betsky, any looks from you here? Uh, Tage shots on goal, even without knowing the baby news that was, had my, uh, interest because Montreal's gotten a little bit tighter on shots, but they're, they're historically on the season. They're pretty bad against centers. And it seems like Tage is realizing he's trying to make up a little bit for lost time at the beginning of the season. I think he was struggling with probably a nagging injury. He was out for a while and his shots were just extremely inconsistent, especially his volume. And now we are starting to finally see his volume kind of return to what we're used to where it's, you know, eight plus attempts per game. Um, so that's definitely going to be something I look at. I'm not going to be too worried about history with him because just because he's such a high volume shooter to begin with. So I'll get to history not, in a second. Oh, is it great? <laughs> it's not <laughs> bad. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, you Skinner was another one I had, I was looking at too. He's over a point per game against, uh, Montreal in his career, even though he does have one game here that he had five points in. But like you said, Franco, that could be a nice spot for a multi-point game for him. He hasn't had one against Montreal uh, in the last four. But I think that's where you're going to start to find a lot of extra value with some of these players is if you, if you have a book that allows you to get alt points or he's set at 1.5, it may be worth the look. Um, but it's, Seems like Buffalo's kind of transitioning back to having more of a dominant top line that becomes a little bit more reliable. Skinner's really been the only guy in Darlene to ride for them this season. Montreal's been tough to find props for, so maybe Mike Matheson. <laughs> yeah, that was the only one I kind of had circled here of Matheson. Uh, hit for point, at least. Hitting four of his last five and then two of his last three versus Buffalo here. Obviously, Caulfield, four of his last five. And even Suzuki, too, has started to pick up four of yep. his last five as well. Um, the other guys, like you said, you mentioned Skinner and then Darlene as well. Thompson, too, in terms of history, is hitting three of his last four. So in his shots. last game, he yeah, for shots, over three and a half. So he missed his last game. He had two shots on goal. In four attempts. If you go back to the next three games after that, he had 12 attempts, 13 attempts, and 12 attempts, recording yeah. eight shots on goal, eight shots wow. on goal, and then five. So, <laughs> so do we ladder him tomorrow with the baby news as well? Yeah, Monson could be the ladder spot tomorrow for sure. Yeah, I, I like that. It's, I'm trying to look at it in terms of Montreal has given up the six most shots on goal to center in the last 10 games as well. That's a, that's a okay. That's, yeah. This, they're like 29th over the last 10 games overall, but I feel like they play way tighter on the road. Let me double check that. Yeah. Gosh. At, yeah. at home, at home in their last 10, they allow the fifth most shots against and 29th least. Um, on the road. So it's a, definitely a tale of two teams right now with Montreal. And I know you just mentioned that you're kind of leaning Montreal on the sides here, but Buffalo lost the last two. We got a Tage baby. Uh, yeah, that might be the bump that they need. Montreal right? coming yeah. back after a successful road trip, especially after that big Dallas win. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, right? So like Buffalo's off the long layoff, right? So like, are they yeah, going to be stagnant and Montreal's going to, like Montreal's been pr- productive offensively. I feel like the last few games. So yeah, I yeah. feel like they're building a little bit of momentum and confidence offensively. And we could get that, that really flat early start for Buffalo. So the Sabres being minus 130 favorites though is interesting as well. If anything, I had this game, maybe them around kind of a pick 'em 
or if at least minus 120. But minus 130 is pretty pretty heavy for the Sabres, given their inconsistency as of late, too, and already dropping yeah. two to this team. So it's uh, it's an interesting one. But, yeah, Tage Ladder seems to be the uh, consensus on this like game, it. at least. I like so, it. All right, next game up, we have Columbus at Philly here. Philly has won the two previous matchups this season. Columbus coming off a 4-1 to loss to Boston on Tuesday. Both teams in a little bit of a skid. Philly was hot there for a second. Columbus 1-5 and in their last six, and Philly 1-5 and in their last six as well here. I have a few props circled here in terms of this one, but I'll start with you here, Franco, again. Philly's your team. Any guys you're kind of looking at here to back? Well, first of all, I mean, it's a tough road trip doing the Western. Very much, you know, yep. The stretch. So I think they took the one that was the most surprising of all of them was Vancouver. So I, I think winning that Vancouver game almost like voids out the other losses. Edmonton's been so freaking hot. Like they didn't stand a chance in that game. Um, so it, I don't know. In, I, I, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a successful road trip, but like it almost feels like it in a weird way. And did they straddle the break? Like, did was half of that road trip before Christmas and the second half after? I would have to look. I, I feel like it was because it, it went over a decent length. But, I mean, so they, they finished 2-0 and against Vancouver, I mean, which is yeah. pretty freaking impressive this season. So, not not that I think the Flyers are that great or anything still. I mean, but they, they've, they've surprised me this year. I, uh, I'll be... You know, honest with you there. Um, I did, I was higher on them than everybody else here, I think, but not this high. So, um, as far as props go, I think, I think there's two guys that I'm really looking at here to target. Um, Atkinson's going to be the guy I'm going to be looking at on the flyer side. So he's been kind of cold. Well, not even kind of cold. Um, 21 game goal streak. Let's put it that way. So, um, that's pretty brutal for a guy of his caliber. I mean, he's not like the best goal scorer ever or anything like that, but he is a, he is a shooter. He is a sniper. Uh, and for him to go this many games without a goal, um, I, I was watching one of the games and the, even the commentator was talking about how he just, he just feels like he's, he's snake bitten right now. So because of that, it seems like he's kind of picked up his shot production again over the last few games. Um, seemed like he cooled off for a little stretch there, but, uh, three, seven, two and four on that road trip. Um, he's one and one against um, Columbus on hitting the over two and a half shots. So um, I tend to lean him at home for shots. So hopefully his price is pretty decent here. I think um, against his former team, he should be firing. Don't mind maybe going for a goal prop. If, if it's like a nice number, um, he did score against them first game of the season this year. So, I could see him having a little bit of extra juice here um, going against his former team. Um, and then on the other side, uh, it's, it's always Johnny Goudreau when you're talking about a guy coming back to the area. Um, he's from, from the area, um, close to Philly, at least he's from Jersey, but um, South Jersey is pretty much Philly when talk about Jersey. So, um, so yeah, I mean, against Philly in his career, eight points in eight games, Averaging over four shots a game against them. I know he has missed um, in a couple of those games, but I don't mind looking at him. I know his shot prop has been pretty horrible this year in general. His point prop has been bettable because he's just not been the Johnny Goudreau we're used to seeing. So I think you're going to have value here given the matchup, given the history, and 
his extra incentive to play in front of his friends and family who I'm sure will be in attendance for the game. So I like those two angles here. Yeah. Betsky, any plays for you here? You kind of covered them, to be honest. Um, Columbus is really tricky right now, and without Wierenski, it's gotten even worse. Um, I mean, the depth scores like Fantilli and even Marchenko and Chinkov always look fairly decent or tempting, but it's just really hard to kind of figure out when those those dominoes will fall in place. And then against a team like Philly, it always was going to worry me. Um, all that being said, Philly's coming off a long road trip. They could be a little sluggish at home. I wonder if this is a nice spot to maybe take a Columbus money line, as scary as that is. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I the trigger on that, but plus one fifty to me. What? What? Yeah. What about what about their team total or something like that? That way you don't have to worry about their money line. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Cause they, you know, if they win, it's not going to be a two-one win. It's my guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Um, you mentioned Fantilli point, uh, obviously hitting six of his last eight. So he's been pretty solid. Even Danforth too, for a point for over and four of his last five here. Nice. Um, those are kind of the only two targets I had on the Columbus side in terms of Philly Konechny has been so, so good as of late eight of his yes. last 10 overall, and then eight of his last 10 versus Columbus as well in terms of a point. So he's kind of the guy I like there. And then uh, Couturier over two and a half shots on goal. He's hitting four of his last six. So those are kind of the only angles I have in this one here. Any other plays? Franco, Bobby Brink, three of his last five, he's hit, he hit for point. He hit in his last um, game versus Columbus here. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, he's playing on that line with Tippett and Frost, so. Um, feel like he's been pretty productive. Um, yeah. So far this year, looks looks decent as far as being a prospect for them, and uh, he's getting time on ice. I mean, um, averaging about 17 minutes a game the last three games. So I don't I don't mind it. He had a goal um pretty recently as well. So yeah, I I I think like the the hardest thing with this Philly team is like finding that guy that's going to score on a given night. I mean, Konechny's been pretty good as far as that, but Everybody else, it's kind of like flip a coin, like what line is going to be productive on a given night, right? Like there's always value. Like Farabee's always bettable. Katuria is usually bettable as well. And it's like you bet them and then it's the other line that's productive. Or it's like yeah. Ryan Paling with two goals for some reason or Garnet Hathaway with two goals. And it's just like, what the hell, man? So <laughs> I, I've had, I've, I've struggled with that. Um, yeah. I, I think Konechny is really the only like trustworthy like point or goal prop type player. And then, Anything else, you're going to be just flipping a coin. It's weird to say that the Flyers have been deep with scoring, but that's what it's felt like this year. Yeah, that makes sense. Next game up here, we have Colorado traveling to Dallas here. Dallas is the home favorite, minus 125. On the money line, the over-under is set at 6.5 here. These teams did play once earlier this season here. Colorado took down Dallas 6-3. to They're also on a six-game or a three-game win streak here, 7-2 and one of the last 10. Dallas, as we mentioned before, coming off that loss to Montreal, but they've been good kind of in the last 10, 7, 2, and 1 as well here. Colorado's really struggled on the road here. Uh, when you look at their splits, 8, 7, and 3 away from home, 16, 4, and 0 at home. So 
complete kind of opposite ends of the spectrum here. Dallas has been pretty solid at home here, 12, 6, and 1 uh, on the road. Pretty similar, 10, 4, and 3 here. Few decent targets, but, I mean, we were talking about this before the show here. Not as many targets as we've had in the past year, few years for this Colorado team here at Betsky. Any guys that you're kind of looking at, or are you kind of pretty much off this whole Colorado team, at least for now? I mean, the car's been solid and it's been yeah. great all season for shots. So I, I wouldn't shy away from him. And, and Nishushkin's kind of come and go, gone too. Um, I feel like he's kind of due to get going again. He had a really great hot streak right when Lekkonen went out and he got promoted to the top line. I, I think they're still kind of shifting things around. Like I want to say like Droen's been on up there too. Um, but let me double check. But McCarr last game drew in and Ranton yeah. in with McKinnon. Yeah, so I would look out for that. If if Nishushkin's not on the top line, I I I don't really try to play him. I don't know what you would think you you would almost like have less shot attempts because Ranton and McKinnon would be taking some too, but yeah. he obviously gets the puck on his stick and prime opportunities a lot more playing with them too. So um McKinnon had a big game against the Islanders, and I know they're really leaky against shots, but he is another one where uh, we mentioned it at the beginning before we started recording. It's been a shame that we can't use him. Like yeah, last season, the last two seasons, he was like 70% plus at home at 4.5. Um, he was always a great ladder target against certain teams. I'm going to keep my eye on him. I'm not going to play him tomorrow. I'm going to keep my eye on him. And if he has another game of really good volume and, and hits his tar- or his shots on goal line again, he may be one to start jumping on pretty soon here. Um, otherwise, I think this is going to be a Dallas show. Uh, like you mentioned, they are Colorado is struggling on the road. Dallas just lost to a team that they probably felt like they shouldn't have lost to this is one of those prime times for a bounce back. So I really like Dallas's side here. We got division rivals, quite possibly. I mean, not even quite possibly. These are the two best in the central facing off. Um, I think this is one of those areas that we're going to see a little bit more up and down the lineup that Sagan to Shane line's been a little bit quieter and we're quiet the other night. Uh, the Wyatt, Johnston and Jamie Ben line really produced. And then we got a little bit more of all the kind of star line during the empty net against Montreal. I feel like this is a prime opportunity for that second line to kind of jump back and and start producing again, especially with Duchesne being an ex avalanche. So you've heard me say it before. You're going to hear me say it again. Give me Duchesne point tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Any thoughts on this over uh, kind of given the goaltender situation for Dallas here? I mean, obviously Scott Wedgwood has played the last five here and yeah. he's allowed multiple goals in four of those and his last and two of his last three is allowed four here. You know, Colorado could put the puck in the net. So Gorgia has been awful too. Yep. He's much better at home. That whole team's better at home. Uh, I got to go to the Yotes game the, last week or the other week when it was, uh, they were down zero to four and came back and won in overtime. Gorgiev was not happy. So that was funny, man. That him yeah. slamming the stick against the boards. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I need to take this call real quick. Oh yeah. So. All right, Franco. Any uh, any plays in this one here for you? Yeah, I like that over. Like you said, um, when I was reviewing everything here, it just seems like 
just about everybody is like point per game. Almost everybody feels like it. So look for your value um, as far as the lines go tomorrow for point props and stuff like that. Um, I really like Nishushkin on the Av side as far as probably goal prop, shot prop, assist prop, whatever you want to do. Kind of obviously he was a former star, so he's got a little extra juice there and he's been hot recently. Three goals, two assists in his last three. Um, averaging two, uh, three shots per game as well and historically pretty decent against them as well. So I don't mind. Uh, just depends on what the lines are going to be tomorrow, but going there. Uh, Makar assist looks pretty good as well on, on the uh, Av side. Um, just, again, depending on the price. I, I know he's usually like minus 160 for an assist or something yeah. ridiculous. So yeah. probably not bettable straight, but decent, decent uh, piece. But, yeah, I mean, the more I looked at it, um, seems like the Dallas players are even better as far as their their points per game against Colorado and um, history and stuff like that. So, lean Dallas, kind of like you said, Betsky, um, off that Montreal loss, they they were frustrated, man. I mean, those first two periods, you can see it, just visible frustration on them. And uh, I think against Georgiev, it's going to be kind of like the, the cure. can't believe I'm yeah. saying that. Montembo is better than Georgiev, but uh, <laughs> here we are in uh, yep. this wonderful year of 2024. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, Marchment Point looks great. Robertson uh, assist looks pretty good. I, I think you can find some value there. Obviously, we always think of uh, Robertson as the goal guy, you know, at least last year. But um, four assists in his last three, seven and eight against Colorado overall. Um, I mean, pr- the it's kind of like pick your guy for Dallas, honestly. Uh, Duchesne, Pavelski look good as well um, for goals even, honestly. Um, eight goals in eight games for Pavelski, six and seven first, uh, for uh, Duchesne versus Colorado. So all these guys look great. Um, I, I think the main thing tomorrow is just going to be let's see what, where, where the books set these lines at. If you're getting Pavelski at like minus 135 for a point, I'll, I'll take that all day. Duchesne minus 135, you know, those are usually what we're seeing in, uh, you know, against better teams, you know, when they're playing a team like Montreal, they're going to be like minus 150. So, and Marchman will be like the more discounted guy. I think he'll be plus money. So, um, yeah, take, take, take them all, but I think I lean Dallas money line too. Yeah. I mean, Jason Robertson, obviously to start the season, his shots on goal last year was kind of, what most people targeted and he's had a slow start to the season for sure, but he's been firing as of late here and there's been some decent value. Find it, find him at three and a half at plus money, which I don't think he could even come close to last year. I think he was around that minus 150, minus 140 mark for a long time. The other guys that I kind of have targeted here are Wyatt Johnston. Uh, four of his last six, he eclipsed that over two and a half shots on goal mark. Same thing with hints there. Um, Taves too, even for Colorado side, points has been automatic seven of his last eight um and he's not just the assist guy anymore he's put a few pucks in the back of the net too his point i think last night was around minus 110 to even money so there's some value on that for sure as well especially with wedgwood and net and then like you said before nishuskin great history here three of his last four he uh recorded a point against them Next game up here, we got Tampa Bay at Minnesota here. Tampa Bay minus 130 on the money line. Minnesota plus 110. Over, under, set at six and a half here. Tampa Bay, losers of three of their last four here, coming off a loss to uh, Winnipeg. 
Minnesota also kind of reeling as of late, but obviously due to a bunch of key injuries that they've faced, they've now lost three straight coming off that for that they won four straight actually. So clearly that Caprice off the Gustafson injuries are impacting them significantly. Zuccarello too. Um, Zuccarello too. Yep. I mean, this whole team too is yeah. just kind of falling off the wagon the past few games um, after they were just red hot before few guys to target here in terms of their side. Uh, Eric Snack over three and a half shots on goal has been great hitting five of his last six. And he's got some great history against Tampa Bay too. He's covered that mark in four of his last four games against them as well. Um, and then the only other guy I had for the Minnesota side was Ryan Hartman point shots on goal. He was great last year, this year, not so much, but points been good. He's hitting four of his last six and two of his last three versus Tampa Bay. So those are kind of the Minnesota angles I have. If you really want to dive in there, Eric Snack has kind of stepped up given all the injuries. So he's been kind of the main guy to target, but I'll throw it to you here at Betsky. Any plays in Tampa Bay, Minnesota? Yeah. I mean, you covered the Minnesota side pretty well. If you have like a DFS uh, sports book and you can get time on ice, Brock Faber has been fantastic on that. I know he missed it like twice after Spurs run came back. Um, but he rebounded last game and, and just ate up minutes. Um, I, I kind of am hoping to see Erickson act too, because I have to imagine his, his minutes and time of nights have been skyrocketing with all the injuries. So that's something to kind of keep your eye out on. Um, otherwise I'm probably going to lean on Tampa here. I mean, I'll keep betting against Minnesota with, with all these injuries. I, I, don't see them necessarily recovering right now. And this is kind of the perfect storm for another team to beat down on them because Tampa's wanting to get out of their own losing streak. So I don't know. Uh, give me the healthy team. Now they know they kind of been splitting up the, they don't have the stacked line on Tampa anymore of point Kucherov stammer. I usually feel like this kind of opens up shots for Stamkos the most, but um yeah, otherwise I don't know. I'm not I'm not crazy about the props on either side of here cuz Tampa you really kind of have to just take the big names. Um another one that does stand out though is um Hedman has been fantastic lately as far fantastic. as points go. Yeah. Uh so yeah, if you think that this is going to be a higher scoring game or even, you know, Tampa being able to get at least 3 uh, there's probably a good chance that Hedman can get involved, especially since Minnesota's missing three key players. So, yeah, yeah, that's probably my best bet on this would be Hedman assist or Hedman point, maybe even Hagel. Seeing him on the top line again, um, he's been a little bit better on the road. He was he's been kind of cooling down a little bit lately, but. Yeah, I, it's a weird, weird, a weird game. Two two teams that were very reliable that have kind of shifted. Yeah. I mean, these were two teams where I felt like last season it's like okay, Kaprizov shots, Zuccarello assists, Eriksson Ek if he's at home shots, and then you could close that book and then turn whoever they're playing. And then Tampa was always like, even this season, Kucherov shots, point shots at home, and then. You know, Stamkos, if you're feeling spicy, and you could close the book there, but. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned lately, point lately shots. Yeah, he's hitting four of his last four versus Minnesota and four of his last six overall, so could yeah, be another look for that. But I, I really only trust him at home, but. It's true, yeah. 
It's a fair point. Franco, any looks for you here? Well, that's the whole thing with Tampa, right? Home and away has been – it's like a whole different world, right? 7-11-2 mm-hmm. on the road. Um, I looked a little deeper, though. Minnesota, 7-2 and two in their last nine against Tampa. Um, and that wow. includes that includes Tampa going 0-5 in Minnesota over that stretch. Now, we're going back to 2018, but, I mean, Tampa's been a powerhouse that whole time. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't say that Minnesota has ever, like, in 2018, 2019, Minnesota wasn't that good back then, at least as far as my memory serves. Maybe I'm misremembering. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy to me to see that. Um, and don't forget, I don't know if Sergachev is going to play or not, but I know um, Tampa rolled out five defensemen in that game against Winnipeg last night because they were missing Chernak and um, uh, Sergachev. So yeah. if that's the case again, I almost kind of want to back Minnesota here. And, and I know it's crazy with, with the guys they're missing. And maybe it's just a draw or like a uh, or an under type of game. Um Cause I mean, you're, you're missing, you're missing like these key players on both sides. And instead of playing an open type of game, I could see it being more of a like standoffish type of, um, yeah, you know, cover your, cover your butts and, and try to get out of there with a point and see what happens in overtime type of game, you know, where it's two, two in the third and both teams are content to take a one point and get the hell out of there. So. Yeah, the um, over-under here is uh, interesting here because Tampa Bay has been allowing a decent amount of goals as of late, not scoring a ton. And Minnesota's kind of in the same boat here. Vasilevsky is kind of reeling as of late, 3-5-3 three, three in his last three games for, in terms of goals against here, Flurry 2-3. and three, But both teams giving up a ton of goals, not scoring a ton. The total, obviously, I'm going to stay away from this, but it's certainly one of the more interesting ones, especially listed at 6-5. Six and a half, and it's uh, it's juicy over here too, minus one eighteen. So, hmm. uh, interesting look. Any thoughts on the over or total? Well, I, I mean, I think getting Spurgeon Spurgeon is back, right? They they're yeah. just without Brody now, so mm-hmm. um, I, I think that that's a boost in a way. And I, I know losing Brody isn't ideal either, but um, I still think you're, you're talking about Minnesota at home. Flurry isn't that bad. I know he's not who he was, you know, back in the day, and he hasn't been that great this year in general, but, um, you know, I, I think this is kind of like his close to his farewell tour at this point. So he's still got something to play for. And I think, I think them at home, they're going to want to kind of shut, shut the door and, and play tight. I, I think the, the, the main issue, if you're looking at Minnesota is, um, their penalty kills pretty horrendous and Tampa's power play is really good. So. I, I do really like that headman point if that's a bettable number tomorrow. I, I think that would, might be probably the best way to go here. Yeah, agreed. Next game up, we have uh, the Islanders traveling to Arizona here. The Islanders are minus 115 favorites in this one, over under set at six here. The Islanders have just struggled on the road this season, going seven, six, and four. They've been great at home here. Um, they did defeat. The Yotes earlier this season, uh, one to nothing here, but the Islanders also kind of on a skid here, losing three of the last four. It's the third game of a four game road trip that was kind of split that break too. So that's another thing to watch out for Arizona, uh, six and two in their last eight, I believe too. And they're on a homestand for quite a bit, um, after kind of traveling around earlier this season, which they've been pretty solid at home, uh, 
12 and 6, I believe. So, uh, interesting game. There's also a few question marks here. Zucker suspended. How long? I mean, that hit was, that was a brutal hit. Um, yeah. the other night too, Varlamov, uh, taken out in the first period of the other game for injuries. So is Sorokin going to get the nod? But he's been awful as of late here too. So, you really, there's a bunch of question marks heading into this game here. I'll throw it to you here, Besky. Any plays in this one? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, normally I would lean Islanders for a side here, but it, it's are very different at home. And I didn't realize Varlamov is probably not going to play. Um, so may I think I think I'll lean Arizona here. Yeah. I, they just don't always match up well against these like bigger teams that can really force you to play the way they find success. We don't we we're we're a, a more skilled team, but we don't quite have that level of skill where we can just roll past teams that are trying to force you to play a slower, heavier game. Um, so these are always tough matchups. Machali's been fantastic, though, on that second line with Kraus. So either of their points, if you can get those, then those are bettable as straights. And honestly, I mean, if if Machali is starting to get more juiced up, I'm almost fine going with Kraus because if Machali gets a point, uh, Kraus usually does as well. Kerfoot's been really good playing on that top line. He was our only goal scorer uh, last night against Florida. Um, And that top line really needs to start showing showing their true colors again because Keller's been pretty he's been cooling off I know he he was great against Anaheim but he always is great against Anaheim Schmaltz is really starting to float a little bit here this could be a moment where they need to snap back out of it and then really start helping produce but um usually their points aren't necessarily bettable but could be all right part lay pieces here um game kind of feels like an under to me yeah, so there's a bunch of line. This is the game that's had the most line movement in terms of the total opened at six, now dropped to five and a half here too. And Arizona opened at plus 105, and the line shift 15 cents, so it's now a pick 'em. Uh, so wow. the, everyone's on Arizona, it looks like. The other guy too, uh, Dersey, over one and a half shots Ooh, on yeah. goal here. He's hitting six of his last six and three of his last three versus the Islanders, who are now one of the more popular shots on goal targets. Um, so, Franco, any looks from you here? I think that line movement probably has to do with um, Ingram getting in, uh, confirmed in net for Arizona, I would say. I mean, as much as we kind of went into the season thinking Vimelka was the guy here, it seems like it's kind of shifted over the course of the season. Um, Ingram's been the, the better goalie, I would say. Um, so I, I think that's, that's why you're seeing that shift to the under and uh, the shift to the Arizona money line. Um, I get, I gotta feel like they bounced back after only scoring one against Florida the other night too. Yeah, me too. They've been so good at home. Um, so I, and, and the Islanders aren't as good on the road. I, I, I think a lot of their, um, strength is, is in their abilities to at home create the matchups that they want on the, on the ice. You know, they, they have very good defensive lines, so to speak. So I, I think it's imperative for, um, Arizona to find the right matchup for Keller and, and Schmaltz line, get them going, um, pick the line they want to go against for the Islanders and, and get some productive production out of them. Um, I think, I think that's the main key for them 
to win this game. But um, uh, as far as props go, I'm I'm looking at Horvat for Islanders props. He's pretty damn good against Arizona historically. Uh, five goals in five games against them, seven total points, averaging about three shots a game. So decent over his last few games, two assists in his last three. So not like he's tearing it up or anything like that, but um, don't mind the history there. Brock Nelson looks pretty decent as well, but he's yeah. kind of burned me in the past. So I, I don't mind his shots. I guess that would probably be where I'd go as opposed to his point prop since uh, he's been kind of up and down. I feel like the Islanders in general, their offense has been kind of like weird, like where you're going to get it from. So, um, and then you, you mentioned Jersey shot, but I like Jersey point as well. Uh, four points in his last three. And I, and I do think Michelli will be bettable. I mean, he was minus 115 yesterday. And he didn't record a point, so I, I don't see it moving too much. Like, I, I know the, the matchup historically is an under, so you might even be getting even money there, um, especially with the line move back down to five and a half. So I, I love Michelli Point. I'm going to go right back to him there. Yeah, I like that as well. Last game up on the slate here, we have Florida at Vegas here. Florida minus 115 on the money line. Vegas minus 105 over under set at six here. Uh, minus 125 to the over here. These teams did play once this year. Florida got their revenge, uh, defeating Vegas four to two in this one. Florida's also been red hot this, uh, as of late, excuse me. They've won five straight here. Vegas kind of reeling, lost five of their last six, but the majority of that was on the road, which they've kind of struggled with this year. They're much better at home, 13, three and two at home. Bobrovsky kind of returning to form for this Florida team uh, after he struggled to start the season here. Vegas, the goalie combination that Vegas has now that Hill is out uh, has been bad this year. Hill slated to return uh, this month, but they desperately need him back in terms of the net. So I'll start with you here, Franco. Any looks in Florida, Vegas? Yeah, I know um, you said the goalie struggles and they have been real so far this year for uh, Vegas went, since Hill's gone out, but um, I kind of, at least on the surface here, it feels like an under to me. Um, with as good as Bobrovsky's been playing, um, I don't see a ton of production from Vegas's offense recently as well. So um, it's not, not ideal for them, even though they're better at home. So I could see Florida keeping Vegas, um, you know, un- under three goal, you know, three or less goals. So. Um, it just comes down to Vegas being able to shut the door as well. So I could see this being like a, a three to two game and, uh, staying under. Don't really want to pick a side. Um, but I mean, a ton of Florida props stick out to me, to be honest. So maybe that's where, where you go. Um, Kachuk's been kind of heating up. Barkow's been great all year. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on the both road. of those lot and, and just both of those lines have been awesome. And yeah. you look at their production recently and, um, Reinhardt and Verhage have just been red hot with scoring as well, and they have decent numbers against them historically. So, um, again, like just look for the value, I'd say, but I, I don't want to go real heavy on, on the props just because, like I said, I, I think like worst case you're looking here is a four-two game, and that's likely going to be an under. So, I don't I don't want to go too heavy on props here. Yeah, Betsky, any looks for you? Uh, Reinhardt's been really great, fantastic lately too. Yeah. So I may go for him on the shot side of things, maybe even Barkov on top of it. It seems like they are kind of 
turning more into the super cats that we saw last season. And Maurice has got them just shooting and, and really clicking. The only person that's been kind of lacking on it is uh, Bennett and Tachak or both of those. Eh, I guess the defense too, but it seems like it's all kind of picking up a little bit right now. And it seems like that's a big aspect of their ability to control the puck is just fired on that. Hopefully the goalie stops it. Then we get to start up again in their zone. Um, a player that stands out on the Vegas side is Marsha Schalt, who used to be a Panther and got moved to Vegas during expansion draft. He does not have a point in the last five against Pan- the Panthers. I feel like that's got to turn because he had a point or more in one, two, three, five of the last six before the five pointless streak. That's why I thought uh, the last game they played and he didn't come up with one. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah I get I mean, you. I get you. At some point it's got to give. At some point yeah. it's got to give. He's also um, hitting uh, each of his last three at home. Yep, and he and he's, his shots have been picking up again. I think he's been a little bit better for shots on the road for, as far as splits go, but against his old team that he doesn't have a point of against in the five those five games, and out of those five games he doesn't have a point. He hit his shots prop in uh, four of those, so at least the two point five line. Um, may even be one where I mean, Florida's been so tough on shots that I, I don't know if you want to ladder it, but he has had four four and six shots against them three out of those last five games. And he has some other games where he's kind of soared past the 2.5 line that Mark Stone line has been fantastic with Jack Eichel. Both of their points are so juiced now that I go turn right towards Barbashev, who is the third winger or third person on that line, the left winger. You can usually get his point at even money to plus money. Um, it's kind of been a little bit of a coin toss of whether or not he gets it, but I think he has a point in seven of his last 10, if I remember correctly, or maybe six of his last 10 now that they got shut out at the Winter Classic. But I think this is going to be a spot where Vegas can kind of try to capitalize on uh, having home ice vantage um, and really needing to turn it around and, and playing a team that's on a road trip and then maybe taking that motivation of – getting shut out on the big stage yeah. as their you, motivator. Yeah, you mentioned Barbashev, too. Seven of his last ten, he's hit versus Florida in terms of a point, and he's hit in each of his last five games at home. So nice. not a bad look there at all. All right, you guys want to shout at your socials one last time here? Yeah, Franco the Banker on Twitter. Uh, Gretzky Betskis on Twitter and part of the Parley Science community. Awesome. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Gator Betting and weekly articles on the Odds Breakers. We appreciate everyone for listening. This has been another episode of Expected Bets.